The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. But we had so much fun and people just kept coming. You know, like the second time we did it, there were 8,000 people there and I thought, what are they doing here? Next, Lucy Swindoll and Marilyn Niebuhr reflect on the highlights and lessons learned from 43 years of friendship and 20 years with women of faith. Then when Sheila came on board, oh my gosh, she brought a level of incredible fun and whack and, and great talent and music. Oh my uh -huh. word. We just fit. We just fit. just any women, but uh, some women of faith, Sheila. This is gonna be a very good time, people. Yes, I have known and loved these women for over 20 years. Would you please help me welcome the one and only Marilyn Meberg and Lucy Swindoll. grateful when you both said that you would come and do this show because one of the things I've learned from hanging with you for so many years is, um, oh, now I'm gonna get emotional. Good, go, go for it, baby. No. Go. <laughs> You're the real deal, you yeah. know? Oh, thank you. You love, you love Jesus, you love each other, yeah. you love people, and, and I just wanna say, I just, I just wanna honor you because oh. honestly, the way you've poured your lives into me and into the five million women who came to Women of Faith has, has changed us. So I just wanna say thank you. Aww. You are rock stars. Aww. You are very, you are very easy to love. Aww. Very, very easy. So the two of you, oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> the things they have been up to. <laughs> just take us back a bit. How long have you been friends and how did you meet? We've been friends 43 years. We met in 1973, is that right? 74, I have 75, no idea. Yeah. Close enough, close yeah. Enough. Yeah, close enough without counting. Um, and we've been very close the whole time. And when I met Marilyn, I thought she was maybe the funniest person I'd ever known. <laughs> Do you want to talk about funny? What does that mean? It's hard to describe. You don't mean, e you don't mean odd. Strange. 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 Yeah. yeah. What a strange person. No, I you say that. She said funny things. Uh, and I had moved from Dallas to California, and I said, and I'm not married, never wanted to get married, never wanted to have children. She was married, had this wonderful family. And I said, you know, Marilyn, you don't really know what loneliness is because you're married and everything. And she said, uh, marriage does not preclude loneliness. And I thought, what does preclude mean? <laughs> I was thinking, I said, I'm sorry, Marilyn, I don't know what preclude means. She said, I don't either, but Rachmaninoff wrote one. <laughs> I love her. I know. That's great. She's strange. Uh-huh, strange. Uh, how many years were you guys on the road together with Women of Faith? 20 years. 20 years. That had to be, I gotta, there's got to be some stories here. Oh, there are, are there stories. Some, are there yes. some stories here? What's, we could do a whole week, really, what, just of the stories. Give me something here. Okay. It's coming. Tell the story of when you're speaking in L.A., and you wonder if Lucy would like to come. Now, you don't know each other very well at this point, <laughs> oh, yeah, but it became a bonding start. moment. Yes, 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 yes. Well, you're talking about, mm, I'm sorry. Mm, mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, met, I met Chuck. I mean, I knew Chuck and Cynthia. Ken and I were good friends with him. And I met My Lucy. Brother. 
they need Who to know they? my brother just yeah, so yeah. you know chuck swindoll's my I'm brother sorry. okay go ahead and so he said marilyn you and my sister are really going to hit it off and we did when we met and she had moved in from from texas to california so i said to her you know, we don't know each other well, and I don't know if you'd want to do this, but I've got a speaking gig in, in um, Los, Angeles. Los Angeles, where I live now in Dallas. And uh, would you want to go? And she said, yeah. Thought, oh. So we went, got on the freeway, heading for L.A., and she says, Mary, what is, it with the, what is it with the California streets and freeways? They're a mess. I mean, you see stuff strewn, pieces of furniture, clothing, shoes, socks, Food. tennis rackets. Food. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everywhere. She said, why doesn't anybody tidy up in California? I, well, I don't know. I had noticed it, but I never thought about it. You, you. So I did the deal, and we're driving home. It's talking, talking, talking. And I see ahead on the freeway, the 410, a couch. So I just slowly pulled off the road. We were talking nonstop. I didn't say anything to her. She didn't say anything to me. Pulled up by the couch, stopped the car. We didn't stop our conversation. Got out of the car and went over, sat on the couch, and kept on talking. <laughs> As one does. As one does. That's what couch is for. That's sit there and talk. And the people going by. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Then we got up and, you know, we finished, we got in the car. And all of this is wordless. We don't announce. We just, mm, time is right. It's one of the things I love about you, your wordlessness. <laughs> now, many people will know your brother Chuck Swindoll as an international Bible teacher extraordinaire. Very few people know that you taught him to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I did. Oh, do tell. Uh, he was 10 and I was 12. We started young. And we were sitting on the back porch. Mother was in the kitchen. And I, I called him Babe because he's the baby of the family. And we have an older brother. And then I was born and then Babe was born. And so I said, Babe, um, I don't want you to tell this to Mother, but would you like me to teach you to smoke? And he said, why? And I said, well, you never know when you might need it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't smoke, of course, and you don't, but I can teach you how. And he said, okay. I said, swear to me, you won't tell mother this. He said, no, I'm not going to tell mother. And I said, okay, see that post out there with the cedar bark on it? He said, yeah. And I said, go get the bark, bring it to me, and I'll go in and get a paper to wrap it in. I'll teach you to smoke a cigarette. And he said, okay, swear to me, you won't tell mother. No, I'm not going to tell mother. So he goes out, gets the bark. I go in, and the only paper I can find is eight and a half by 11. It's <laughs> a big cigarette. Yeah, you got to make a, a large cigarette. cigarette. So I rolled the stuff up in it, and it was about this long, you know. And he was holding it like that. And I said, baby, you can't hold it like You have to hold it like this. And I said, what I'm going to do is light the end, and then you just suck in and swallow. And he said, well, it hurt me. And I said, no, no, I wouldn't do anything that would hurt me. And I said, just swear to me. And said, no, I'm not going to tell mother. I'm not going to tell her. So I lit the end and he just went, <laughs> and it just went just like that, just real fast. And I didn't know, but I looked at his face and I thought, this is not good. <laughs> his mouth was red. His teeth were red. The end of his nose was red and around this part of his cheeks was red and he couldn't talk. And I thought, this is serious. So about that time, mother called us to dinner. And uh, we sat out, and that night she had made his favorite meal, which was chili. 
Uh-oh. <laughs> so uh, when we got to the table, she said, look, honey, I've made your favorite food. And he said, I don't care for any. I, I just don't care for any. She said, what do you mean? He said, I, I'm just not hungry. And I thought if he tells her, I'm going to have to hit him in the head. But anyway, uh, she said, well, it's your favorite meal. And so she dipped in, served in the chili, and he didn't eat it. And Daddy looked at him and said, honey, this is your favorite food. Please eat it. And he said, sis taught me to thunk. <laughs> I thought, well, my life is over. So I had not warned him about telling Daddy. So he, <laughs> Daddy... Uh, called uh, the attention to himself and said, both of you please leave the table. We did. I got a spanking for teaching him to smoke and he got a spanking for telling it and tattling and that was the end of our smoking career. It lasted about eight minutes and that was it. <laughs> Never smoked since. Yeah. So that's it. Oh, and then uh, one day at the, in church, he's standing up to preach and he said, by the way, my sister's here. Wave, sis. So I waved and he said, she taught me to smoke. Then he sat down. <laughs> I still haven't heard the end of that, so, yeah. You know, one of the things that um, we've had the joy of, for 20 years of, you know, standing on platforms around the country, and I mean, really, it's amazing, Randy, when you walk into an arena and it's filled with 15,000 women worshiping mm. God. And I remember the first time I walked in and I thought, this looks like they're expecting, like, Led Zeppelin or something, and it's just <laughs> us that are showing up with our purses. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering what you think will be the lasting legacy of women of faith, Marilyn. Wow. Well, here's what I would hope, Sheila. Um, how many conversions did we, there were 500,000? Uh, there were about 429,000 okay, women 429,000 like women are now assured of a place in heaven because they've come to know Jesus as their savior. That's the lag lasting legacy. And then because there is so much depth taught or was so much depth of how to live the life and what is normal and natural to us is just to be human and to accept the fact that we're not perfect. We're perfect in God's eyes, which is mind boggling. That happened because of Jesus. He made us perfect. And to have women begin to grasp the transformation that is possible when you recognize I am perfect. I know I'm not, but in God's eyes, I'm perfect because of Jesus. That is, that is an amazing uh, truth, of course, based in Scripture. And we were very true to Scripture for those 20 years. No, not now, of course. Well, of course not now, no. No, you, no. Can't, you can't go on forever. <laughs> She's joking, people. She's yeah, joking. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have a question um, for all of you guys, actually. Uh, why... There's a lot of great women speakers out there. Let's, right, and there's mm -hmm. several, and there's women's conferences mm -hmm. all over, and they're all doing really good stuff. What made you all kind of blow up and become the big thing that it was? I mean, what? why did so many women want to show up? I mean, I, I, I know, but... You know the answer to that? I know. I know women want to show up and hear you guys. I get that. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying that something was special. Something was different. It was kind of a movement, if you will. Yeah. yeah. What was that about? Well, uh, I'll give my answer to that. I think for one thing, all of us loved to laugh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we love to tell stories. And stories are very winsome when you have what's going on and then people can identify with that story in some way, perhaps. But we had so much fun, and people just kept coming. 
and they, they would just show up and then there wouldn't be place for them to sit. And so they'd have to put them in a joint room, 500 over here and 2,000. You know, like the second time we did it, there were 8,000 people there. And I thought, what are they doing here? Mm. And they just laughed and we had a lot of fun. And if anybody had to leave the stage, they'd leave and come back just like we were in someone's living room. And it was so sweet and casual and sort of tender, and then so that worked, and then we'd do it the next weekend, and then the following weekend. And each time we did it, more and more people came, and I think it was because they felt very at home and loved and received. They didn't have to dress differently or do anything differently. They could just come, and then they started bringing their friends. Mm -hmm. And in 20 years, we uh, spoke to five million people, five million women, and Sheila was there. It was so fun when she came, and. She had the same mindset we did, and we sat on what they call the porch. And Marilyn named it the porch because she said it looks like somebody's back porch, and we'd sit out there and talk, and then people would come and see us from the audience, and they said, we want you to meet our porch. Yeah. And they would bring friends of theirs. So I think it was the universality of the kindness throughout the whole thing. I also think it was the wackiness. Yeah, it was nutty. And we didn't, yeah, we were nutty. I mean, the couch story is stupid, but it was true. And so <laughs> that's how we are. And then when Sheila came on board, oh my gosh, she brought a level of incredible fun and whack and, and great talent and music. Oh my uh -huh. word. We just fit, we just fit. And I do yeah. think that's translatable. I think so too. And I also think it was a message of grace. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think do. that so many people who had felt um, judged and encountered legalism mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. suddenly felt that they were welcome to come as they were. Yeah. And I think yeah. that is, I think that's what we all want. Yeah. To know you absolutely. just, you get to show up as you are and God yeah. loves you. That was the theme, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, always. I mean, we changed our official theme every year. Yeah. But the, the strand that w went through every year was the theme of, of grace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, Lucy, that's a huge important thing to you, Grace. Oh yeah, I think the worst thing that could happen to Christianity is legalism. To make a set of rules, and you have to follow these rules, and if you don't follow these rules, you're not going to heaven. Christ was born under the law, he uh, lived under the law, he died under the law, he went and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and everything changed because of grace. And now all we have to do is know him, trust him, see what he does with our lives, and love people into the kingdom. I don't think it's our place to tell people how to live, what to clean up, what to do. That's God's grace. We can't make people believe, but if they see in uh, the believer love and fun and joy and uh, just the thrill of being alive, they think, what is it they have that I don't, I want it. And I think it's a lot of that. When you know Christ, who is the Son of God, who made it possible for me to be perfect, sin forgiven and forgotten, mm -hmm. then if you really get it, yeah. it is revolutionizing. And somehow with this band of crazy women, we showed it, I guess, and talked about it for 20 years. And, and it caught on. It is, and you know, if you get that, it also makes it real hard to see lost people as bad people mm -hmm. that need to become good. Exactly. But you see That's them as I mean. dead people that need to become alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we know how to get there. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the other things that I loved was that Christ was the hero of every story. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I joined Women of Faith, I wasn't, I was maybe a year out of psych hospital 
you know, having been diagnosed with you severe. You fit right in. I, yeah, <laughs> I know. Duh, I found that's my right. people. <laughs> but I think that was, and I thought, I can't join a women's movement. I've got, but when I discovered your story and your story, Marilyn, I mean, Marilyn went through loss. She lost a child. She lost her husband. Mm. Patsy Claremont, you know, agoraphobic. Mm -hmm. It was, Christ was the hero of every yeah, story. Yeah, we yeah. just showed up and let yeah. his light shine. Yeah. Mm. And mm. talked it. Mm -hmm. We didn't, told the truth. We really didn't yeah. tell a whole bunch of anything back. No. Nope. And then when you do that, you know, as a scatter shot, it goes everywhere. Mm -hmm. Somebody's life has been touched by that. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's God's style. Yeah, I think that was the answer, really. Yeah. So, quick final question. Um, there's a lot of younger women watching. You both have lived a lot of life and you're far from over. Who knows what they'll do next? Who knows? <laughs> but what would you say to a young, a 20, 30-year-old Christian woman who's trying so hard to get it right. Mm. Quit trying. <laughs> oh, the striving and the, that's where you get into legalism. If you can receive the truth that God has set you free through Jesus Christ. I don't mean to sound super preachy, but that's the answer. So for those of you who are just babies, and I'm 76 years old, obviously not a baby, but how liberating to recognize I am just like I'm supposed to be. I'm not talking we can't grow and be better in terms of externals, but internally sit down, have a cigarette, enjoy. Oh. <laughs> no, never mind. I didn't say that. The views expressed by our guests are not necessarily the views of Life International. It is the freedom. It is the freedom. I would agree with that, and I would only add this. Um, I think the secret is in three words. Just be you. Hmm. Don't try to be anybody else. I used to try to be Chuck, and I was worn out. Yeah. And I couldn't pronounce exegete to something <laughs> in the scripture. And, but I thought, everybody loves him, and so if I'm him, I'll be loved like that. And I was worn out. And one day the Lord said to me, I have Chuck. I just want you to be you. Hmm. I said, but who's going to come hear me? Leave that up to me. You just be you. You just go on in life, and I will do the rest. And I thought, that's what I often would tell people who would join our group. I'd say, don't try to be anybody but you. And then you're not driven or tired or thinking, I'm just worn out. But if you're just you, you're having fun, you're talking with other people about your problems, you're praying together, you're searching together, you're loving the Lord together, and it makes an enormous difference mm -hmm. if you don't try to be somebody else. Can I add one thing? just being you. When Sheila joined the team, there was a tremendous kinship I felt with her. She's got what we call a hoot laugh. <laughs> and if something happens that's funny and I hear her do the hoot laugh, I'm, it's over for You're me. Yeah. I am all done. Of course, I'm hooting on the floor. But it is so wonderfully uh -huh. real and natural. It's one of my spiritual gifts. I figure that. <laughs> I've been blessed by it. Amen. That all must right. be that Scottish version of the Bible I haven't read. But <laughs> do you appreciate what a blessing these women have been? I tell you what, I, I just, it's just, it's awesome that you can be yourselves and bless people with the love of God. And you know what? I've got news for you, because you can too. There are a lot of people that need that touch from God. They need an answer to their prayer. They need you to be a blessing in their lives. Mm -hmm. Take a journey with me. I want you to see an opportunity and then I'm going to talk to you about how you can be an answer to someone's prayer today. 
Watch this. How can she forget the loss of a child? Then another, a third, and a fourth. Day after day, she is haunted by her loss. Her time with her four children was cut tragically short. Reflections of them is all she has left. You know, I cannot imagine what that is like. I only have one son. And we went through a th thing with Christian at one point when he was three years old, and we thought we were going to lose him. And honestly, I thought I was going to lose my mind. I cannot imagine what it's like as a mom to bury not just one child, but two children, three children, four children, all for something as simple as you can't give them clean water. And the thing I love about being part of this family here is we can change that. And some of you can do a lot, and that's awesome, and some of you can do a little, and that's fantastic. But the truth is, every one of us can do something. I don't care if it's go and find that jar of coins that you've kept and take it and get some money to help. But to be able to say to a mom like that, you know, and we've, we've met these moms, and their prayer is, will someone in this world hear my prayer? Mm -hmm. God has made it possible for you and I to be the answer to this prayer. That's all she wants. She's not asking for something fancy. She just wants to be able to give her children clean water, and we can do it, Randy. Yeah, there are, there are mothers. I mean, for some, obviously, it's, it's too late and that's tragic, but there's so many more that are right on the edge. We need to get there. We need to get there with our drilling rigs. Uh, we, we do the heavy duty. Uh, wells. I mean, these things last like over 70 years. They, they give water to an average of a thousand people in a village. This is, these are the big time heavy duty rigs and wells that we're putting in. But it does cost some money. $4,800 is the average price for these. We want to do 500 wells this year alone around the world, over 15 countries. We can only do it with you with your help. Some of you can drill a whole well. Somebody might be able to drill two or three, and I would say, do it, <laughs> do it now. 
But all of us can do something. You know, Sheila, the story of the widow's might, I think, is so critical in a situation like this because I know somebody's out there going, man, I wish I could drill a whole well, but you can't. But you can do something. It's your heart that God looks at. It's not the amount. Yes, $48 will provide water to a, a 10 people for a lifetime. But it's not the $48 that I think God's pressing on you. It's the obedience. It's the heart for giving. It's the heart for reaching out to a hurting world and making a difference in Jesus' name. You can do it. You can do it with us. I'm inviting you to go to the phones, to go to the website right now and participate. You can have that impact. You can change the life. Join us today. Go to the phones. Every day, children living in extreme poverty are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most proven and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, you can help establish and drill 500 water wells in remote villages in over 15 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we would like to send you Pastor Robert Morris' new book, Frequency. As you read, you'll discover how to hear God's voice, receive direction for your life, and experience a deeper connection with God. With your gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive the Hearing God Daily Journal and Scripture Pen, a wonderful way to record what God is impressing on your heart and a beautiful keepsake for your daily prayer time. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well and you may request our beautiful Majesty Bronze Sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. You know, I'm standing here with these children and they're just a small example of children all over the world that they deserve to be considered and loved and cared for. And we have an opportunity to do that right now among these children and those around the world, to give them some clean water, to give them a chance in life. And I ask you to help us do that. It's just a simple request, but a very urgent and important one. Please join with us. You'll get such great joy out of it. I know you will. God bless you and thank you. Do call, do go to the website. We're counting on you to make a difference in people's lives. Sheila, you guys have been a hoot. Well, I look forward to the next adventures of the Thelma and Louise of the Christian world. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Thank, thank all of you, yes. Thank you. We appreciate you being here. We hope to see you again next time. Watch us here on Live Today every day.
Ambassadors for Life are people like you who see need in the world and want to do something about it. Contact us to start a fundraiser today and change someone's future. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.